We thank you that he loves you dearly, Lord, and that he is always seeking you in, in, in your word, Lord, uh, diligently and uh, with great discipline, Lord, and I just pray that you will use him today to speak from your heart, Lord, and to minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to be looking at exactly the same passage that Pastor Kelly was looking at. Um, the Lord gave me this passage back in June, so I've been sort of praying into it and, uh, and doing a bit of preparation over the weeks. Uh, even when we were in Switzerland, I, I did have a holiday, but I just, you know, a few times uh, I, I went in, looked at the passage. And then when I got back, Verena sent me a text to say, oh, by the way, Kelly's preaching on the same passage. But that's okay, because we all know in part, and we prophesy in part. So Kelly has bought what she bought, and I'm going to bring what the Lord has given me. And it's all wonderful, and it's like a jigsaw coming together. And um, so we're going to enjoy what the Lord has to say. And before I read the passage... I just need to change my eyes. So now I can read the Bible, but I can't see you. <laughs> and um, I just want to say that everything that I say, the key thing, uh, just following on what Pastor Kelly uh, preached and ministered to us, the key thing is about being in Christ. Because... As Jesus said, apart from him, we can do nothing. So the key thing for us is to yield, is to submit ourselves to the Lord. Okay? And what I'm going to do is uh, bring seven points to you. Now, if uh, I should be able to get through it this morning. If I don't, um, I'll just see how the Lord leads me. We'll have a part two. I don't normally do part twos. I like to finish up and move on. But uh, I'm not God. He has other ideas. So let's see what he says and does. So uh, if you want to read uh, or look at the passage with me, you can. If you just want to listen, I am reading from the Amplified Version, which uh, is a bit longer than other versions of the Bible because it kind of goes into a little bit more detail. So we're in 2 Corinthians Chapter Second two, 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. And I'm going to read through the whole chapter and, uh, and we'll see how, how God ministers to us. So, for we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed or dissolved, we have from God a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Here indeed... In this present body, we sigh and groan inwardly because we yearn to be clothed over. We yearn to put on our celestial body like a garment, to be fitted out with our heavenly dwelling, so that by putting it on, we, we may not be found naked or without body. For while we are still in this tent or body, we groan under the burden and sigh deeply, weighed down, depressed, oppressed, 
not that we want to put off the body or the clothing of the spirit, but rather that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal, our dying body, may be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. So now he who has fashioned us, preparing and making us fit for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. So then, we are always full of good, hopeful and confident courage or boldness. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are abroad from home with the Lord. That is promised to us. For we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk not by sight or appearance. So just to summarize that, we walk by faith, not by sight. Probably got that. <laughs> yes, we have confident and hopeful courage and are pleased rather to be away from home, out of the body, and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth, away with, from him, or away from home with him, we are constantly ambitious and strive earnestly to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his, what his purpose and motives have been. That's what our purpose and motives have been and what he has achieved, been busy with or given himself and his attention to accomplishing. And obviously that refers to women as well. Therefore, being conscious of fearing the Lord with respect and reverence, we seek to win people over, to persuade them. But what sort of persons we are is plainly recognized and thoroughly understood by God. And I hope that it is plainly recognized and thoroughly understood also by your consciences, your inborn discernment. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but we are providing you with an occasion and incentive to be rightfully proud of us so that you may have a reply for those who pride themselves on surface appearance or superficiality, on the virtues they only appear to have, although their heart is devoid of them. For if we are beside ourselves mad, as some say, it is for God and concerns him. If we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls, constrains, or compels us, urges or impels us, because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer for themselves, but to and for him who died and was rose and, and raised again for their sake or for our sake. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if anyone, any person is engrafted in Christ, 
the Messiah. He is a new creation or a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favour, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favour with himself not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but cancelling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favour or restoration to the divine. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favour now offered to you and be reconciled to God. For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him and through him we might become the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Well, that was a mouthful, but it's a good mouthful. It's food. It's food for us to, to eat. And what I'm going to do and this is what the Lord gave me, is to focus on this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, he is a new creature. The old or the previous has passed away and the fresh and the new has come. And I'm going to look at seven reasons why we are new creatures. All from this passage. So, before I look at those, what is the new creativity or new creation? Or what does it mean to us? It means that we are a new person and transformed. But it's in the heart and it's in the mind. And Vreen has always expounded this wonderfully about the, the distance between the heart and the head. This distance. This is a gap that needs to be closed because it's, it, it causes tensions in our, just in everyday life. You've heard people say in my head one thing, it says one thing in my heart, it says another thing. What I want to say is our minds need to be renewed and our hearts need to be healed and restored and regenerated through the Spirit and through the Word of God. Romans uh, 12, 1, 2 said, Paul said in, that, in, in, in Romans, in that portion of scripture, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it's an acceptable act of worship to the Lord. And what does that mean? Simply, we need to repent. We need to turn around and start thinking and living the way God wants us to. And why is the heart important? Jesus himself spoke about the heart when people were looking at outside or superficial things and they looked at his disciples. You remember this in the gospel? And they said, 
that they weren't washing their hands and they were unclean and Jesus put them right and said actually your uncleanness comes from in your heart because that's where thoughts of and he used murder and, and all sorts of immoral things that's where it comes it comes in the heart and Jeremiah he said something else about the heart and he said uh, and many of you will know this that it's the most deceitful of things and desperately wicked now I'd like to think that everyone in this room do not have a deceitful and a wicked heart um, everyone's looking at me as if to say I'm alright Jack no no we're being regenerated okay and there's always got work that God is doing okay but this is part of being renewed and Paul mentioned in this book about us groaning and wanting to have the heavenly body I mean has anyone got to the stage where they're groaning about their bodies you know we are getting old right and um, uh, most of you know that I still play football and uh, one thing that is very very apparent with me is that I can't do the things that I used to do okay and that's just part of life now one thing I'm not doing is groaning and saying Lord give me my 25 year old body so that I could do the things I used to no this is about us being re regenerated in the in, in the heavenly realm because we're going to have a new body okay so if you're groaning uh, it's not a bad thing but let's get things into perspective we're here on earth to be regenerated renewed so that God can use us and we have to be renewed in Christ so let's look at the the points that I'm going to go through so the first thing is let's look at verse 21 for our sake he made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become the righteousness of God in other words being right with God the only way we can be right with God is to be saved okay so if anyone here this morning it's a good way to start a sermon actually are you saved if you're not saved have a think about it because what that means is we're in right standing with God and later on in this passage I'll go through it a little bit not in detail there is a judgment to come and we have to be right but the beautiful thing about being is right with God is that all we have to do is yield to him submit to him and believe believe what he says which is if you come to me I will not turn you away if you believe and if you trust in me you'll be saved and we just need to act on that and by being saved it may it may also I mean just to confess and I know I've said this before there there are some days when I'm going through a difficult time and one of the first thing I say to I, I, I sort of turn to the Lord and I just say I just blurt out to the Lord I'm not even saved am I 
that's, that's what's going through my mind because I'm going through whatever I'm going through. It could be work-related or whatever. And, but that's all right because he always puts me right and says, well, yes, you are, son. Just come to me again as we do. We have to come to him. And it's the work of the Spirit. Because how do we know that we're saved? Well, there is a song that says, Jesus loves me, yes I know, because the Bible tells me so. The Bible does tell us that. But it's the Spirit that is the guarantee. That's what it says in verse 5. It's the Spirit that is the, is the confirmation that we are children of God. Does everyone here know that they're children of God? Just raise your hands. I was just looking to see if they're all right. The, the, the ones who didn't raise their hand, I know that they're saved, they were just asleep. So, <laughs> only joking. And how do you know? Because it's, it's the regenerating work of the Spirit, where you know that you know that you know that you are a new creation, and it's in Christ, okay? So it's about being in Christ, being righteous, and knowing that we're covered. We're covered by the blood, and in God's eyes, we're sinless. Yes, we do. We are a work in progress. Yes, we do. But we're covered. We're covered. That's a new covenant. We're covered in his blood, which means that we can run to him. And things happen, don't they, in life. So it's our, it's our righteousness. It's the regeneration, the authority, the freedom, the approval of the Spirit. And it's a guarantee of our salvation. And that, so that's number one, is we're saved. That's part of the renewal. We're saved. We're renewed. We're regenerated. And above all, we're right. Because there is a judgment to come. The second point is, um, we need to die. It's a good thing. Uh, Jesus looks, uh, and what I mean is we need to die to self. Our ways need to die. Verse 14 and 15. For the love of Christ controls us and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that one died for all and then all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live may no longer live to and for themselves, but to and for him. So how do we die? If we're being regenerated, and if we are yielding to God, there are things that are going to be incompatible with walking with Christ. If we've yielded to the Spirit, and if we're allowing God to be our Lord, because everyone knows there's a difference between having Jesus as your Savior and Jesus as your Lord. Everyone knows that, don't they? Yeah? Now, if we're going to die to things, look, look at it this way. Jesus uses the expression of pruning. When you prune a tree, there are little bits. And my, my wife will correct me because she's the expert on anything to do with uh, vegetation, flowers and stuff like that. And I've, I've seen Verena do it where we come home, every time we come home from somewhere she looks at the flowers outside and I'll just walk straight into the house because she, she sees things that I don't see and then she'll be going, Psh, 
plucking things off and pruning because what that does is it allows the, the good stuff to come through. And quite often the old stuff can get in the way of the good stuff. Okay? So it's a good thing to, to die, die to self. Jesus said, didn't he, in Matthew 16, those who want to save their lives must lose it. But those who lose their lives for my sake will save it. But there's also dying to stuff and also having things redeemed. Okay? The two work hand in hand because there are clearly things that have to... I'm not going to go through them because I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to be pointing the finger at things that need to die and we're going to pray about it later on. But there are also things that God just needs to get hold of and redeem. There's a, a, my favourite gospel singer, a lady called Helen Baylor. And she, she was a kind of up-and-coming singer, but she was a bank, backing singer for many of the sort of Motown, Motown stars in the 60s, 70s. And she got saved, and God told her to stop singing. Okay? Because there was stuff that needed to die. Now, part of her life as a musician, singer, was that she was involved in the drug, sex, and rock and roll. Okay? And uh, she didn't know that God wanted her to sing again, but he just told her to stop because things needed to die. And I think it was made possibly six years later. You could check online if you want. Uh, he said to her, right, I want you to sing, but now I want you to sing for me. And to this day, and, and this is just me, my opinion, and I'm being personal, to this day I have never come across a more anointed uh, artist than her. Um, when I was introduced to her, I, I thought, I'll just listen to the songs. Uh, when I started listening to some of her songs, there, there was just an anointing on them, words of truth that impacted me. And, but that was through the regenerating work of the Spirit. Things had to die and things had to be redeemed. And her singing was redeemed and now she was, she's singing for God. And that's a beautiful thing. And I know that we've all got things in our lives that God just had to, we had to reevaluate and for him to change around. So dying and redemption is another thing that we need uh, the Lord to do. And I just want to read these, these verses from Colossians. And it's just for us to, just to think about. Uh, the first one is um, Colossians chapter 2. And this is what it says in verses 13 and 14. And you who were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature, God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of our transgressions having cancelled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the bond with, with its legal decrees. And this is kind of referring to the law as well as the sin that's um, tied up in it. And demands which was enforced and stood us hostile, which stood hostile against us. He set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing everything to the cross. 
So everything that dies in us simply have to go back to the cross. And in chapter 3, 1 to 3, it says this, If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things and not on the things that are below for as far as this world is concerned you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God so if there's anything that needs to die get it sorted eh? because it's a good thing it's a good thing to die and come alive again. And you know, the more of the old life that dies, the more we can see clearly and hear clearly from the Lord. And this leads on to my next point. We live to please him. We live to please God. He is first not ourselves. That's point number three. And how do we know what pleases God? Well, let's think of some of the things Jesus said. In John chapter 14, he said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Okay? And what is the greatest commandments, again, from Jesus' mouth? Love God and love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're doing those things, as Jesus said himself, those two commandments sum up the Ten Commandments. In fact, it sums up everything, including all the laws, which were something like 627 or 630, whatever the number is. But when you break it down, it's, it's not easy, is it? Because sometimes, you know, you're, there are people who annoy you, whether it's family, church family, or your, um, your close family, but you still got to love them. And that's, that can be hard, and that's why we have to just keep doing it in Christ. It's hard to do it ourselves. And we have to go back to God time and time again. Lord, I can't deal with this person. God will find a way. And obviously your neighbor is everyone. The noise is coming from there, so don't worry. If anyone drops down, they'll just fall there in the, in the middle. Okay? But also, what, what other things does he say about things that please God? Well, another thing he says is, from Micah 6 8, that's a lovely verse, and it says, What does the Lord require of us? What does the Lord require of us? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. The act justly thing comes out of us being righteous and having a sense of right, because justice is ingrained in. Uh, in God and in us because don't you ever have a sense of righteous anger when you see things that are wrong it's okay 
as long as we do it in Christ, because then we'll deal with it the right way. But what about mercy? Loving mercy. Well, God has is, is been merciful to us. One of the lessons I learned about forgiveness was, and this is what God told me, was when I was trying to justify, um, by the way, I was a Christian, right? Well, that's kind of justify hating someone. God didn't say, he didn't throw these verses at me like, you, you can't hate them, you're a murderer and all of that. He could have, because it's true. All he said was, I forgave you, so you need to forgive the other person. It always turns it back on us, which is brilliant. So sometimes I'm afraid to go to God because I know that he's going to say, yeah, but come on. We've been there before. But it's the healthiest thing because God is doing a work in us. He's doing a work of renewal. By the way, this, this preach is called Renewed in Christ. I thought you may have guessed the title or whatever. That's for you, Trev. So, let's try and, and how do we know what pleases God? Well, if he speaks to us, if we hear clearly from him, we, we need to obey. Obedience pleases God. And a sense of calling. And this is an area that people struggle with, but sometimes, you know, your, your calling is, is to be sought and light in your workplace. Or to be the best father you can be for your children, or the best uh, wife or husband for your, uh, your other half, or the best uh, uh, brother or the best sister or whatever. There are loads of different things. It, it isn't always being the person up front, ministering, seeing the power of God being. It's, it's the small things as well. Because the guys who are doing the big things, they had to learn to be trusted with little things first before they could move up. And what are one of the little things? We see it as little, but it's big in God's eyes. Exactly. Serving. Sorry. <laughs> I agree with you, brother. If you want to know what Deborah meant by exactly, talk to him afterwards. He'll expound it to you. He's a very eloquent guy. Um, only him and God knows that. So, But it's a good thing, okay? It's all a good thing, but it's all in Christ. So are we going to live for ourselves, or are we going to live for God? Is it a case of I want, or is it a case of what do you want? Because quite often what we want is actually not good. Jesus doesn't look at what, he want, what we want, it's what we need. And sometimes what we need is what gets us to the next level. What we want can actually hold us back, okay? So let's think about that. Let's live to please God. It's a hard thing again because uh, our fallen nature, we're selfish. Simple as that. And uh, but we're, we're being renewed, we're being redeemed, and that's a beautiful thing. The next point is faith. Let's see what he says 
in verse six, well, in verse seven, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, one of the key elements, there's lots of things uh, we can look at, but the one thing that I want to home in on is one of the key elements of walking by faith is simply seeing God in us or in other people the way he does. Because sometimes we, particularly when things go wrong, like I just confessed, where I just asked whether I'm even saved, we, we always have to go back to God's default, which is uh, your, he doesn't see you as you are. He, see you as, he sees you as, you will, as you're becoming, let's say. Like in Peter, you are Peter and on this rock I'll build. But he had to go through various um, things, including uh, in, 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 he had to go through various things, including learning how to get up when he's falling down, uh, when, when he denied Jesus, and the other areas where he stepped out and got himself in a bit of deep water. That was another thing. Um, but the most important thing was what Jesus said. And when Jesus restored him, uh, he didn't go back to his past. He just kept moving on to where he was taking him. And in the same way, we, we need to develop those spiritual eyes where we see ourselves as God sees us. And many of us have had prophetic words or encouraging words or, or even claimed something. You know, I really believe God is saying this. Um, but sometimes when things go wrong, we, we, like Peter, we go back to fishing. We go back to the old life or we go back to, a, you know, diff different or earlier thoughts of uh, who, who we think we are. Whereas we need to recognize that we are something beautiful because God is in us. If God is in us, gosh, we are magnificent people. We are a great people, as Pastor Kelly says, simply because Christ is in us. And do we believe that? If we don't, we, we just need to break out of that because God wants us to start to see ourselves as he sees us. And, 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 and how do we know what faith is or how do we learn what faith is? We, we know from scripture that faith comes from hearing and hearing is, is the word of God. And, uh, and so we have to we have to be, allow ourselves to be influenced by things that will feed our faith. So, it, so that includes the company you keep, includes what we listen to or what we read, things that are just going to feed our spirits and encourage us. And the best thing is obviously this book here. And, and we need to know each time how God sees us. And he always sees us as a precious son and daughter. That's the default. We're a precious son and daughter. And from there, um, there are things that he leads us to. There are things that he, assignments that he gives us. But he gives us, he gives it to us because he, he loves us. He actually, I mean, how many of us look at the fact that God believes in us? It's not just about us believing in God. It's about him believing in us as well. Because he entrusts us with gifts. To, to use to his glory. And obviously faith is about stepping out sometimes and taking risk. But what I want us to, based on this passage, I want us to see ourselves as God sees us. 
as men and women who have been renewed, who have been anointed, who have been appointed, who are being released into good works and beautiful things. Because sometimes just by, just by changing the way we view ourselves or allowing the Spirit of God to change the way we view ourselves, it can mean amazing things, amazing steps, amazing uh, journeys and, uh, and appointments with God just by having a little tweak in our minds, just by having a little uh, sense of who I am, a new change, a new sense of identity. Because you are, we are all in Christ and we are all new, new creatures. Verse 10 and 11. You are in him and made full and have Having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sorry, wrong passage. Let me go back. This is one of the things when you're preaching. If you move on to an, uh, a new passage, you've got to remember to go back to the passage that you're preaching on. Otherwise, you can stand up here and look like a... Um... However, even though in, a mo in that moment I look like I am, um, I'm still in Christ. So not meaning, of course, that you must altogether shun the immoral people. Wrong passage again. No, 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 I need to change my mind, not my glasses. I can, I can see with the glasses. Um, so verse 10. I'm definitely in the right passage now. Okay, For we must all appear before the revealed uh, and revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motives have been and what he has achieved and been busy with. Therefore, being conscious of fearing the Lord with respect and reverence, we seek to win people over to persuade them. So we hear a lot of things about the fear of the Lord and, and it is about reverence and it is about awe. But we can't ignore what Jesus said, and this relates to judgment. He said, don't fear him who can destroy the body, but not the, the soul. Fear him instead who can destroy both body and soul in hell, okay? There needs to be a holy fear of God, and a lot of it is missing. It's missing in the world because there will be a judgment. There will be, we will be taken to task Okay, and this is not to scare us, <laughs> this is, should encourage us, because if we look around, and again, we've, I've said this personally so many times, if we look around and see what's going on in the world, we just need God to step in. We need his justice, and, and you know, we would argue that we need it quickly. But God knows what he's doing, and we've got to trust him. The other thing about judgment is that it starts with the house of God. And we need to remember that. So for us, there should be that fear, there should be the awe and the reverence, but there should be a fear of the frightening coming into the hands of a terrible God. That's what Hebrews said. It's a fearful thing to come into the hands of, of God. It's a terrible thing. But it's a healthy thing, because what it should do is cause us to run to him knowing that we're covered by his blood.
and not away from him. And what is saying here in this passage is that we need to, uh, knowing that we are covered, we, we need to be warning people. And we need to say to people, look guys, you need to get it right. Because God is going to come back. And we're going to all stand before him. And he's going to look at our lives. And he's going to make a decision. Are you okay? Are you covered? Are you in Christ? Then run to Jesus. And allow him to continue to transform you. But at the same time, remember our family and friends, those who we know. If you can't speak to them, be praying for them that God would change their mind. Because do we want to go into heaven without our family? I want everyone to come. And Jesus himself said through Peter, it's not that I, it's slow, I'm slow in doing what I do. I want everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants and that's what we should want. And we have to remember as well that with all the stuff about judgment, James said, put it nicely, mercy triumphs over judgment. God wants people to be saved. And we are his hands, feet, etc. And if we are covered by God, then we can be bold enough to approach him. We can approach the throne of grace and that's part of us being renewed. It's being bold and being courageous for the kingdom. And boldness and courage is not what Peter did when Jesus was arrested, cutting off his ears. That wasn't boldness. That was emotion, anger, fear, all kinds of stuff. Later on, when Peter went through a bit more regeneration, his boldness was when God used him to heal someone and he stood before the authorities and they threatened to jail him. They did actually jail him. And he said, who am I going to obey, you or God? That's boldness. And the reason why he was bold was because he was in Christ. Simple as that. He was in Christ. And there are times when we need to be bold. But the only way we can be bold is out of our entry into that throne room out of the throne room and being under the unction and the anointing of the Spirit. And the final thing is love. In verse 14, Paul said, love compels us or it's our driving force. If we are in Christ, we must have the love of God in us. And it must drive us and compel us to do the things that God would do. To love and to support and to encourage people and above all to point people to, to Jesus. Because everything that we're, we've looked at here, it all points to us being ambassadors for Christ. Because that's what this passage is about about us being renewed, but about us being ambassadors and about us being reconcilers. And an ambassador, um, ambassador is a representative. So when you leave this building, you know, when you leave, you're not just Tony. Right, mate? 
your representative, your ambassador for Christ. So we don't leave as mere human beings. We, we leave as people who have Christ in us. So we're ambassadors and we've actually got a ministry. We're, we're ambassadors, representatives, we're witnesses, but we've also got a ministry of reconciliation. And Paul used the us, the plural. He didn't say, oh, certain people are ministers. We are ministers of reconciliation. And the first reconciliation is about being reconciled or restored or returned to Jesus. And sometimes it, it does literally mean bringing people together. Because as you know, broken relationships is very destructive. And we are called, and, and Jesus did say that we are to be peacemakers as well. Peacemakers, reconcilers, ambassadors, that's what we're all about. And so, in conclusion, who are you, people of God? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Let's all agree together that we are ambassadors, that we are reconcilers, that we are those who are in Christ and who are carriers of the kingdom. Let's all agree together that God has chosen us to bear fruit however he wants to and to bear fruit on his terms, not on our terms. And that's, a, that's part of our learning process as we grow together and as we learn together. If anyone is in Christ, he, she, us, are new creations. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Let's walk in newness. Let's walk in boldness. Let's walk in love. Let's be people of faith. Let's learn how to die. It's a good thing to die. Let's do what pleases God. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. And Lord, we, we thank you that you chose us. You actually chose us first. You knew us before we were born. We didn't cho choose you. You chose us to be your people through whom you bring the kingdom. And Lord, as we, as we get ready to leave and as we just think of what we've heard today, we ask, Father, that you'd show us what needs to change so that we will be more like you. Father, thank you so much for your spirit. We welcome your spirit. We give you permission to continue the work that you've started in our lives. And we want to see you bring it to completion. For your sake, not for our sake, for your name's sake. Because Lord, we want you to be glorified. So Holy Spirit, as we leave this place, as we move ahead, do what you do best, Lord, in us. 
and we welcome whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say because you are God we are your children and we are your chosen special ones apple of your eye thank you Jesus thank you Spirit of God thank you for choosing us and thank you for what you're going to make in us, with us and through us in Jesus name Amen.